Open a Classic Podcast, the podcast where I read a chapter and episode aloud, give you two or three questions to help you think about the chapter, and open the world of classics to you. So grab a cup of coffee or tea, and let's jump into the chapter. Chapter 3. She Can't Be Ours. Her atrocious aunt had deprived the child of all her gravity. If you ask me how this was affected, I answer, in the easiest way in the world, she had only to destroy gravitation. For the princess was a philosopher and knew all the ins and outs of the laws of gravitation as well as all the ins and outs of her bootlace. And being a witch as well, she could abrogate those laws in a moment or at least so clog their wheels and rust their bearings that they would not work at all. But we have more to do with what followed than with how it was be done. The first awkwardness that resulted from this unhappy privation was that the moment the nurse began to float the baby up and up, she flew from her arms towards the ceiling. Happily, the resistance of the air brought her ascending career to a close within a foot of it, there she remained, horizontal, as when she left her nurse's arms, kicking and laughing amazingly. The nurse, in turn, flew to the bell and begged the footman, who answered it, to bring up the house steps directly. Trembling in every limb, she climbed upon the steps and had to stand upon the very top and reach up before she could catch the floating tail of the baby's long clothes. When the strange fact came to be known, there was a terrible commotion in the palace. The occasion of its discovery by the king was naturally a repetition of the nurse's experience. Astonished that he felt no weight when the child was laid in his arms, he began to wave her up and not down, for she slowly ascended to the ceiling as before, and there remained floating in perfect comfort and satisfaction, as was testified by her peals of tiny laughter. The king stood staring up in speechless amazement and trembled so that his beard shook like grass in the wind. At last, turning to the queen, who was just as horror-struck as himself, he said, gasping, staring, and stammering, "'She can't be ours, queen!' Now the queen was much cleverer than the king, and had begun already to suspect that this effect came by cause. "'I am sure she is ours,' answered she, "'but we ought to have taken better care of her at the christening. People who were never invited ought not to have been present.' "'Oh-ho!' said the king, tapping his forehead with his finger." I have it all. I found her out. Don't you see it, Queen? Princess Mamiknoit has bewitched her. That's just what I say, answered the Queen. I beg your pardon, my love. I did not hear you. John, bring the steps I get on my throne with. For he was a little king with a great throne, like so many kings. The throne steps were brought and set upon the dining table, and John got upon the top of them. But he could not reach the little princess, who lay like a baby laughter cloud in the air, exploding continuously. "'Take the tongs, John,' said his majesty, and getting up on the table, he handed them to him. John could reach the baby now, and the little princess was handed down by the tongs. Mostly open questions to consider while reading. The curse is done. The little princess has no gravity. This can mean many different things, and through the story it does. But the most pressing to the babe is that she isn't affected by gravity, the force of nature that keeps her feet on the earth. How do you think this will affect the princess's life? The king denies that the child is his because she keeps floating away. Do you think this is a natural response to such events? How would you respond in such a situation? 
Thank you for listening to today's chat. If you would like to discuss the questions, check out the Crack Open a Classic podcast Instagram page and comment on the chapter's post. Check back tomorrow for the next chapter in this adventure. (laughs) 